podcast fam. Today, Boris Kuchuk, owner of My IT Masters, joins us on the show. Born in the former Soviet Union and raised in Israel, Boris served in the military in Israel before pursuing a college education to become a software developer. Since his arrival to the United States, Boris has worked as a VoIP engineer, leading a number of multi-million dollar projects. And six years ago, Boris started his own company, My IT Masters. In today's episode, we hear what it's like stepping into the United States, getting a green card, and not being able to speak English. We talk about BNI, Business Network International, and being visible, credible, and profitable. We talk cybersecurity and protecting your data and what it's like negotiating with hackers to get your data back. It's a fantastic episode. Enjoy, my friends. You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast for you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa, whoa. I'm your host, Colin Austin, and my co-host is Michael D. How's it going, man? You got your full energy today. I am. Not that pumped. you aren't usually, but I especially am today. Pumped. Why are you pumped? Because Boris is here. <laughs> Boris, Boris Kuchuk is here. I'll introduce you in a minute. What's up, Boris? Uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously super nervous. Everybody. <laughs> You know, Boris, you could, you're like the second coolest person to come on the show because, I mean, I got to give Andy Malden brought all the liquor, but right. Boris brought the beer. Right, that's right. <laughs> so cheers, uh, Yeah, man. it's a German beer instead of a Russian drink, so uh, sorry for that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, uh, uh, man, Mike, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm, I'm good. So the way I see it, so this, we're recording on October 5th, and this releases on November 3rd. So would you rather talk about the football game that happened last week or the election that happens tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about football. Right? Yeah, it was yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> was it? So, so, so it was yeah, weird. give us your real. So you, uh, let's say, uh, so Toll came through. Right. John yeah, Tull, absolutely. <laughs> great thanks to, to John Toll. Uh, check out his episode. But but he came through and he, he offered us tickets. I think he probably offered you first and you couldn't go. Or you had uh, travel soccer or what? Travel soccer with so, the kids. It's all good. So that, that was a benefit to me because I got them. So we kept the streak alive. Number 105 in a row for me. Uh, okay. Home games. Um, and so, yeah, I got to go. This was the game uh, against South Carolina. Uh, Will Muschamp and, and his crew. Okay. Um, and so, what, what was the stadium vibe like? What was it like, dude? It was just strange. So, like, it, it wasn't it wasn't bad or anything, but like when you're used to ninety thousand plus people, was it like going to a high school game? I mean, it was not even that. I mean, no. we, high school football in Florida, or Texas, whatever. I mean, you get more people there, but they had the the seat backs, like already like social distanced out. So like everybody, if you had a ticket to the game, you, you got a seat back, which is was nice. Um, but then they have like little mass police, like you're allowed to eat and drink at your seat, but like you kind of have to be actively doing it. Otherwise they're gonna come and say like, hey, you need to put your mask on, right? Which is probably okay given that the temperature wasn't so bad. Yeah, it was right? super but, overcast. Like, it's gonna be super hot. If it's super hot, that's gonna be terrible, right? It might be, yeah. I mean, I think it, it, at least from the people around me, like everybody was on board with it. It was kind of strange for everybody. You didn't have anybody that was like, um, you know, not playing along. But yeah, I mean, if it was a noon game with 95 degrees, I don't know that it'd be quite so uh, obedient. But it, the whole thing was just, it, like I said, it was good. The team was great. 
Um, the environment is just strange when you're used to what you're used to. Can't wait till we can pack that place with 90,000 yeah. people. Dude, it'll be like the first time we're able to do it, it'll be crazy for sure. <laughs> Next year. Uh, hey, you know, these are the moments that just make you appreciate those moments more. Right? That's right. You have to have uh, darkness to appreciate the light. Look at it, look at it that way, everybody. You're going to appreciate those moments more. Well, you know what we're doing? Today? Dude, we are prepping for 2021 already. Thank Sit. God, right? Dude, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so excited for 2021 to get here. Uh, hey, you guys, I want everybody to know that the WHOA GNV team is currently putting together some great sponsorship packages for 2021, baby. Um, so if you're a business owner that could benefit from getting in front of our primarily Gainesville-based business audience, definitely give me a shout. Um, we will have a simple and very affordable payment structure with a ton of great benefits. Uh, you can email me directly at Colin, that's C-O-L-L-I-N. If you don't know that, all right, my, my name has two L's in it. Colin, C-O-L-L-I-N at repaintthewall.com, which is the name of our media company. Uh, and I can send you all the details, but we are putting together some great packages for 2021 to really help uh, all the people who are willing to sponsor this show. Make it, yeah, this is so great. Sponsor the show, you're like helping us out, but at the same time, you're getting all of this great exposure to our business audience, baby. That's right. So let's go. 2021 is right around the corner. Now's the time to prepare. I know everybody's looking at your budgets. Right. <laughs> really do looking I, forward do to I that. Need to plan for COVID in 2021. What's the impact going to be like? Uh, so as you're planning those budgets, I, I think everybody's budget went completely out the window for 2020. Like whatever you had planned at the end of you know 2019, going into 2020, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that didn't work out quite how I had planned it. So let me ask you this: if if you're a business owner that maybe didn't have a budget this year as going through COVID, if you're still around, is going through COVID going to make you want to have a budget this year? Or or are you like, hey, what does it matter? Like I wouldn't have ever been able to plan for that anyway. You can't plan for the COVIDs, that's yeah. for sure. You cannot plan for the COVIDs, but uh, one of the things that I've created that has helped me out tremendously was is this epic cash flow spreadsheet that I created. That's pretty epic. And, yeah, it's pretty epic. And I mean, I am tracking cash flow, you know, day to day, and it's been it's been pretty awesome. So maybe you just instead of a budget, maybe like a cash flow sheet or something. Sure. Well, maybe maybe I should like copy it and like give it to everybody. Maybe, maybe we should ask <laughs> our like guests what the blanks. Yeah. What do you think, Boris? <laughs> you want to introduce uh, first? I forgot. Yeah, I forgot you were here. Uh, yeah. Let, let me tell you. Hold this. on. Let me introduce you real quick. <laughs> Let's just let. We'll get into it. Let me let me introduce you guys. Today on the show we have Boris Kuchuk of My IT Masters, an IT support firm offering a full range of tech solutions to meet all of your small to mid-sized business and or residential needs. They help you get more from your computer technology. Who doesn't need that? Everybody needs more from their computer technology, am I right? Um, yeah, consider your toilet can be a Bluetooth today, so yeah. <laughs> Why don't we have uh, What's up, man, how are you? Uh, I'm living my dream, my American dream. <laughs> Especially these days. Uh, so, so, I mean, so yeah, what do you think? Do you think everybody needs a, a what, what kind of spreadsheets are you using these days? You got a cash flow spreadsheet? Or you, got uh, a, you got a budget? Did you budget for 2020? Um, I did in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> and then you stopped in February. And then I said, okay, we need to review it again. Right. <laughs> well, listen, there's a lot of unpredictable stuff going on in there. Um, yeah, I mean, un until we, I, I believe until we're going to get some sort of vaccine, 
which is, if you're asking me, virus has antivirus, right? <laughs> um, now, until we're going to get some sort of vaccine and the election going to be over, I don't think it's going to be a lot of changes. So let's see. Let's review this uh, podcast in December. Okay. So are yeah. you... Are you going to volunteer be, to be the first person that gets that vaccine, though? You know, like, I, I'm, have you guys seen the movie I Am Legend? Have you it's seen been, It's movie? been a while, but yeah, I mean, I, I know where you're, where you're going. Uh, anybody who's listening to the podcast, go rewatch I Am Legend with Will Smith and tell me if you're going to be the first to get this vaccine. <laughs> uh, that's all I got to say. It depends how much they're going to pay you for that. <laughs> so, well, anyway. you know, Russian, they developed the vaccine first. Who, who did? The, the Russian. The Russian. You know? They already got so, one. So, yeah, once you get the vaccine, you start to get... I mean, I took it. This is why I have this Russian accent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is the post-effect. All right. Right on. <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode. I can yeah, tell already. Right. I used to be fluent in English, but no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Boris, Boris. Like, all right, so we, like, we really like to start with everybody's story and kind of get into, you know, I, I don't know, just get into everything. But, like, we can get into whatever we want. So, it's so great. It's our show. Uh, but we like to start with a story. So, so tell us your story, man. Like, how did, how did you even end up here in Gaines? I don't even know. This was so great. I don't ever know how any people, like, actually end up here. And so, so how did you get here, man? Okay. So, here's the true story. Um, I was born. Uh, that was the first step. And <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how I got, I, I will tell you the whole thing from the beginning, okay? okay. So um, I got into the computer field like when I was like five years old. Seriously, my mom, I used to live in Russia back in the days, like in 90s, 80s. And my mom was one of the first computer engineers at this time in my city. So I was playing, you know, these Pokemon you know, pa no, not Pokemon, Pac-Man. Remember the Pac-Man and some other like really, really, you know, uh, old games. And I love that. Um, in 1990, um, we immigrated to Israel. So as soon as I got to Israel, um, we, we got kind of, you know, some, some families um, tried to help us to kind of establish in Israel because nobody, you know, speaking a language, like we've been completely foreign in this country. And at this time, when I was like 13 years old, I got my very, very first computer. It was uh, 386, uh, monochrome, black and green. It was the first thing I did with this computer, I took it apart. <laughs> <laughs> like my mom was looking at me like, why do you do that? And I like, I just like all this stuff, like the technical about it. So, and I love it. You know, I was trading with my friends, parts, you know, I was loading this, you know, if you guys remember these big diskettes, like with 1.2 megabyte. <laughs> yeah, that was like a history. And um, this is how I grew up. You know, I just love this stuff. And um, so, you know, um, did you Our, get the computer back together again? I, I got it back together. I was did like pro programming in DOS, <laughs> if you remember. DOS. DOS. And then, you know, there was a first revision of Windows. It was like, what, uh, 3.11, if I'm not mistaken. And then, you know, Windows 95, 98, second edition 98. It was like the, the boost of this technology back in the days ago. <laughs> and <laughs> that was awesome. It was, it was flying on diskettes. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, I finished my school, um, you, you know, army in Israel is a mandatory. So I was, um, in the army three years and as soon as is I, it really, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's mandatory. Cool. Yeah. Right, so you went into the army.
army. And I went to the army. At 18? Uh, 18. Um, early 18. And as soon as I leave the, the quit from army, after three years, I went to the college, computer engineering, as you can imagine. <laughs> um, I never liked anything like related to programming. I was like always the techie guy, you know, PC stuff. And right after the college, I uh, found my fir- very first job in a hospital. Um, hospital, I become to be like an um, IT tech, and I fall in love with this job. I was like fixing computers all day long. This is what I like to do. You know, I was running nine floors, back and forth, probably like 16 times a day at least. I used to remember the Windows XP key by my heart. Like seriously, I was like, just put it in. And um, a lot of different technologies, um, and I was like really, really good on this. Uh, after two years, I was promoted. I become to be a system engineer, system administrator in national, like a cancer center in Israel. And after probably like around two years or maybe even less than two years, I become to be IT director in a hospital. So at age of 25, I already was managing IT in a hospital. So very, very intense job. This is, I think, where my most experience come from because I was dealing like with thousands of thousands of, you know, endpoints, endless like network equipment, tons of servers, different applications. You know how hospitals, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, seven years in a hospital, 24 seven. Was sleeping with my pager for seven years. A pager. I, 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 I what still, is a pager? Pager is the thing that <laughs> make a really annoying noise at night. <laughs> so like every and you know what? Every night, you one miss o'clock. That pager, don't you? Yeah, every night one o'clock it was ringing. <laughs> Boris, we need you. <laughs> Something was not working right. So yeah, it was really intense job. Seven and years. Long, you were there for seven years. Seven years. Okay. So pager every night. Pager every night. One a.m. in the morning. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. After seven years, I uh, took another opportunity. A very big, large American company offered me like a job. Can I say the name? Yeah. McKesson. The McKesson Corporation is like a really one of the biggest uh, companies also in the United States. They're like a medical equipment provider. So they bought a couple of companies in Israel, in uh, Canada. And um, so I become to be a system engineer for the company. I was traveling all around the United States, here and there. Um, and during this time, uh, for some reason, we decided to apply for a green card. And I never planned to be here, like ever. I said, like, why do I need to go to the United States? And I mean, I had a pretty good job. My wife, she's a nurse. I mean, my family in Israel, like, what are I gonna be doing here? Um, I didn't even speak English like 10 years ago. So, and while I was in this company, like I was traveling a lot and a lot of people told me, Boris, you have to go to the United States. It's like, it's gonna be your new dream, you know? And I couldn't, I, I never could understand that. And so we apply for the green card because it's a lottery, you know? Like nobody wins. Only like maybe five, 10% of the entire world. I apply for the green card and then I got it. First time. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the envelope was sitting on my table for like two weeks or maybe three weeks. And before it went to the trash can, I thought it was like a spam. I open it up and see like US Embassy. I said, uh-uh. 
it's probably fake news. <laughs> so a scam. It's just a scam, yeah. So I almost throw it away because I couldn't even read it, what like, was written there. So I called my sister-in-law, who is uh, here in Gainesville, and she said, you got it, you got it, you know? It's a green card. So, it so was, how, how long ago was this? That was exactly 10 years ago, like in August okay. 2010. Okay. Uh, maybe a little bit, like 11 years ago. So we went through the oh, whole- so, But you came over here for, to work with that organization. No. And you were- No, no I came alone. That's my thing. You know, a lot of people do relocation based on their previous job. So the, the, your previous like employer kind of going to, um, you know, pay for all your expenses and, you know, pay the relocation fees and all this stuff. I didn't get all this stuff, but I got my green card, which is, for my opinion, much better. Um, and so we came, you know, we went through all this interview with the U.S. embassies, you know, financial check, background check, you know, all this stuff. So we end up in Gainesville because of my sister-in-law. She she just lives here, and we said like, okay, so let's just be close to someone because I, I have no one in the United <laughs> so that's States. That's literally the thing that brought you to Gainesville. Is yes. that your sister-in-law was here. Yep. So what does she do? She's a professor in university. Okay. Here we go. So we end up here. <laughs> we, cool. uh, you know, I brought my. Uh, so the when we apply for the green card, my twin. I have twins. Uh, I have three kids, but my twins were already like three years old, and the little one born through the process. So we brought her while she was like nine months old. So we kind of came with kind of a couple of suitcases, each one of us, you know, the little stroller, three kids, no language, like nothing. <laughs> Hello, America. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a movie in the making. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I didn't even speak English. Like, so my English, like, it's really bad. Was that, like, super intimidating? It's, yeah. It was? Yeah. Like, it's like we came. I mean, we, we didn't know, like, what to do first. You know, we just land up. What did you do first? Um, so, you know, um, we came to Gainesville. And the first thing, what I, w I was trying to find a job. So because I was like really, really qualified for it. And, and a lot of people told me, Boris, you're going to find a job. I mean, your profession is paid very well. They told me astronomic numbers. And when I tried to find a job, I realized really quick that I don't even speak language. Like how I can express, how I can be a manager if I can, I, I can't even express myself. So... I was going to a library, like a public library, and I was sitting with volunteers and tried to pass an interview. Because I, I, like my first couple of interviews were written on a paper, and while I was doing interview over the phone, I was like literally reading it. Because I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even say anything, you know? So my, my English is really like 10 years old, a little bit over. <laughs> this is why it's so bad, but I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> so this is how it all started. And uh, I was looking for a job. I was going to UF and um, I was fail interview once after another because every time I was applying for the management position, I was failed because, I mean, they told me you can really manage people with this level of English. And I couldn't. I mean, I believe them. <laughs> and then I said, okay, I don't really care. I mean, I, I can do whatever. I can fix computers, I can do whatever. Just get me in there. And they said, no, you overqualify to fix computers. You can't, so I was kind of in the middle all the time. I was really pissed, because <laughs> like, I, I knew a lot about all that, especially about you know hospitals. I spent so much you know time, and I was doing a lot of stuff in Israel. In Israel, there's not too much, um, uh, budget hospitals have. So I was 
first level support, second level support, third level support, fourth level support. I was a system engineer. I was a project manager. I was IT director. I was doing everything, you know, and I was managing my team and, you know, thousands of thousands of endpoints. So I said, like, I know everything. Just let me work. You know, I can do it. Nope. So, <laughs> and believe it or not, I was three times in the interview at, at the UF, at, at Chance, no, at, um, yeah. And I, I failed three times. Because every time there were the same people interviewing me for a different position, and I told them everything about it, they said like, it's either you not qualify or overqualify. So how I get into the middle? <laughs> that was so frustrating. Could it fake it? <laughs> fake what? I couldn't like, express it, like, myself. How, what do I need to do to be like right in the middle and not just like come and prepare for this interview? <laughs> Listen, uh, I was ready to go and sell pizza because I was desperate. You know, I you, you feel like you can do it, but no nobody lets you do it. So it really was frustrating situation. So you know, what I ended up doing, I uh, brought some skills from Israel. So I was <laughs> I was also building like a lot of websites. And at the beginning, I found some company that we did some partnership. I built like 18 websites nationwide for them. So they were paying me like really no money for this website. It was super, super cheap. It was probably covering my expenses for my gas monthly, <laughs> maybe. Um, and after that- well, This wasn't a local company? Yeah, well, oh, not oh, exactly. They were in Jacksonville. Okay. And it was uh, some sort of locksmith company. Okay. And they went like nationwide. And um, I was just building a lot of a lot of website, doing like search engine optimization for yeah, them. Yes, like remotely from your home, like what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is fascinating. Right? Yeah, that was, uh, that was good. So uh, later on, I found um, a local job here in Gainesville. I was um, uh, working at a computer shop. Something that you were middle qualified for. Yeah. Okay. So I, I back to my roots again. <laughs> Started to fix computers. Um, it was a lot of fun, actually. Was it okay? So I'm like already jumping ahead. <laughs> so coming from Israel to here, mm -hmm. like what from an income standpoint? Yeah. Was it better? Was it worse? Was it? Let like, me tell you a funny story. Yeah, please. <laughs> I love funny stories. <laughs> it was a really funny story. <laughs> so. I went to work for this computer shop, and I was advertising myself, my services in the Google, um, you know, paperclip, right? So I started to advertise, like, you know, IT services and stuff, and one day I got a phone call. And the company told me, hey, can you fix, like, cameras and stuff? I said, sure, and I had no idea how to fix cameras. <laughs> but, you know, technology is technology, I can, probably can figure out. So I said, sure, so they gave me the address, and I, you know, I went back home, wear like a really, really nice, uh, you know, shirt, the tie, you know, took my suitcase with all my stuff, and I started to drive to Mekanopi. I came to Mekanopi, I started to look for this business, I couldn't find anything. And then, you know, I called them, they say, yeah, this is the building, this is it. And I'm like looking into the building and I see Cafe Rescue. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even know what it is, okay? Uh, so I like, oh, you sure? I said, yeah, sure, I'll just walk in. And I'm like, start to walk in. It's a risky internet cafe. For the <laughs> <laughs> and I start to walk in. Cafe risque. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that one. Okay. And so I start to see like all these pictures at the front uh, window, and I like walk in, and I see all this stuff going on. And I'm like, I am in the right place. And I like, <laughs> think about it, like shirt, tie, <laughs> and all these briefcase. Yeah, and all these. They probably don't see much of guy, <laughs> many guys like you walking in there. <laughs> so they said, yeah, 
that's the place. <laughs> so they took me to the back office and um, they said, what's wrong? That was a lot of private rooms. <laughs> and they said, okay, we recently switched internet providers. And the guy, the owner at this time, I think he passed already, but anyway, uh, at this time he had a mobile app. And he said, oh, I can't really see what's going on in private rooms, fix it. So I tried to figure out what's going on in my broken English and you know. In the private room? Yeah, 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 it's, there's the cameras. cameras everywhere. <laughs> the camera's in the private room. Yeah, got the private, yeah. Got it, okay. <laughs> this makes a lot of sense so far. <laughs> so the guy said like, listen, we just, he didn't tell me like any details. And I'm like trying to figure out what's wrong with that. And at some point I figure out you know, there was something wrong with the inter external access to the internal building, right? So I um, I figure out that I. Are we still we talking about camera equipment? Yeah, the camera equipment. <laughs> <laughs> so external and internal. Yeah, like yeah, all these, the all these terms are just being thrown around. I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I figure out that I don't really have access to the AT&T equipment. So I call AT&T. And the guy over the phone tell me, hey, uh, we, uh, I mean, we can't really help you, blah, blah, blah. There was supposed to be some port forwarding, blah, blah, blah. And I told him what to do. He said, oh, no, we cannot do that. Um, we cannot connect to the uh, customer sites because it's like, you know, it's again the company policy, blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, man. You better do that. You're gonna like it. He said, "Like, no, no, we're not. We're not allowed to." So it was a long conversation back and forth, and then at some point he agreed to do that. <laughs> so as soon as the guy, you know, remote in, I mean, I told him what to do. He fixed that, and he's like, I can hear on the other end. He said, "Oh, oh man, why didn't you say that <laughs> before that?" You know. So all all the cameras open up immediately. We could see like what's going on in all these private rooms. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> So when I left, when I was about to leave, so the owner come to me and say, all right, how much I owe you? It was like about maybe two hours troubleshooting. And I start to calculate, because I didn't even know like what to charge them. I start to calculate based on the rates in Israel. So I start, you know, I pull up my calculator and it's like ratio is like one to four. So like four shekels is $1. And I said like, uh, you know what, give me 50 bucks. And he's like, w what? I said, like, 50 bucks. He said, are you sure about that? Two hours troubleshooting? I said, yeah, why, it's too much? He said, no, 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 just take it, no need to receive, like, just go. Because, <laughs> I mean, I probably could charge him so like, you had easily, no like, two, three hundred dollars at least, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, like, oh, that's awesome. We're gonna use your services in the future. <laughs> Can't wait. And guess what? <laughs> Boris is like, guess what? Boris is like, I already got my bonus, but just like, come in here. I <laughs> Everybody got excited. Um, I came back to work. The guy tried to call me at least three, four times later on, but I couldn't make it. I was busy at my work, so yeah. I lost this account. You lost that account. Go figure. Be, be glad. Yeah. <laughs> this is about uh, money. Oh, man. Yeah. That's that was funny. a funny so That was your first time charging somebody. It was 50 bucks. Yeah. Obviously undercharge them a lot <laughs> and uh, but they were happy clients yep we, we all got happy <laughs> <laughs> let's move on okay so after that <laughs> what happened next <laughs> all right so um, i spent another couple of years working at a no it's actually not a couple of years i um 
after like a year or so, I found a real job with um, very, very, probably the biggest company in the world for voice over IP um, phone solutions. It was an Israeli company, but the professional services were here in the United States. So the company was dealing with like, you know, the biggest companies you can imagine, like Bank of America, Capital One, fin like financial companies, insurance companies, like a multi-user multi-million dollars projects. So I was a professional services engineer. I didn't know anything about the voice over IP phone system, but it was based on my IT knowledge. So if you have a good, solid, you know, the back end, I mean, everything else is kind of possible. So this is what I was doing. I passed all the training. I was traveling a lot. My 75% of my job was traveling. I was doing 60, 70,000 miles a year. Dang. Yeah, I was like, every other week was in California, for example. So, spent about three and a half years, um, just to give you like overview a little bit, like I did, um, you know, Liberty Mutual, uh, Farmers, Capital One, Bank of America, Zillow, Disney, like all these kind of types of accounts. Uh, I was working at the major account team. So one of my, my last project was Capital One, eight months installation in Virginia, $32 million. Like, these type of projects. Oh, this is with the company you're working with? Not, not mine, but the, yeah, the, the voice of our people, voice company. Okay, okay, sorry. Very big one, and then they decided to switch all the professional services to a different country, and they laid off like 150 people. Dude, what yep. the, all right. So, found myself at home again. <laughs> <laughs> and what year was this? Uh, that was in, um, uh, 2013, 14. Okay, so this is only, so you're talking three to four years after you got here. Yep, yep. All right. Work about three and a half years for them. Okay, and then after that, I was kind of, you know, in the middle. I didn't know what to do next. I was really passionate about what I was doing, especially IT stuff. And I always wanted to have my company. And um, so we kind of, we're really good friends with the O2B Kids owners. Our kids kind of grew up together, and my kids grew up in O2B Kids. And this is how it all started. And one of the kind of, you know, um, weekends, I mean, we talk about business, and I told him, hey, I was laid off, I don't know what to do next, and blah, blah, blah. He said, like, why don't you go with your dream? Open a company, and I mean- The I, American dream, the baby. The American dream, yep. And, um, so he said, like, listen, I mean, we can support you. I mean, we like you. And, you know, we kind of develop already a relationship with them. And this is how it all started. He told me, just give me an answer, yes or no. And I said, listen, it's going to take me some time to think about it. I went home. I already knew I was going to do that. I started to build my website. <laughs> and it was on a weekend after barbecue party. And, um, like, on Sunday night, I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. <laughs> and... Um, so sign a contract, start work with them. Um, I really think we, I took them to the next level because the IT was not you know, optimal, I would say that, <laughs> in the different words. So I started work with them. It was at the beginning only, I think, maybe five locations. And we, we, we started work together like very, very closely. I was spending like all my time with them. I was, I, I was giving them like the best technology they could find, a lot of time, a lot of personal touch. And they start to grow also. So today I think they have 23, 24 locations and they're still growing. That's awesome. Yep, so we do all the corporate stuff with them. And you know, using O2B Kids, I think um, this is what, um, how I start to advertise my services. And- um, Real quick, sorry. 
Would you have done this if it wouldn't have been for that push? No. From them? Probably never. Because you, you really need to get like, you know, this, um, how you say that when somebody hits you in a... Yeah, a little slap in the face. Exactly. You so have this to was like this. that boost of confidence. It was like, yo, dude, like, yeah. go live the American dream. Slap. <laughs> yeah. Like, go, go do your own thing. Listen, you this. never know. I mean, because you everybody, like, this is what people like. You know, they like to be in a comfortable zone, right? So if it's work for you, you paid well. And I was paid very well. You know, I was working in Gainesville and I was yeah, getting... Yeah, 50 bucks for one job. Yeah, that was before. <laughs> but in my previous job, I was like getting, you know, triple numbers. But it was like even over. I was getting bonuses. I was like, everything was uh, paid for me. I built my credit score within a year. I got like 700 or so. Uh, they were paying all my expenses. I was platinum in every single, you know, uh, hotel, Avis, you know, whatever you, you call it. I was traveling all around the places. It was a fun job, you know, and I said like, okay, this is a great place to retire. And you never know. So sometimes you have to get this slap in the face, as you said, <laughs> to change your mind. Yeah. And um, I think it was a great uh, time and like great timing. And one of my friends, very, very close friend, told me, listen, one door closed and it opened. This is exactly what happened. Unless that door closes too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, that's a Heath Padgett. <laughs> we had a guest. His name was Heath Padgett. He was on the show. And like he wrote that quote on like the door. He's like, what do you say? Well, when, like, when one door opens uh, or when one door closes and another one opens, unless well, that one closes, closes too. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't even know what that means. That's just even... kind of become a joke. Sorry. Yeah, it's becoming like an inside thing. It's all good. Keep yeah. going. So, <laughs> I think I talk too much, no? No, you're doing great. This is so interesting. I'm like fascinated, honestly. Like I'm like, this is fantastic. So, yeah. And, um, you know, um, and I, I think I started, I mean, again, there was almost no income for the first year. But the good thing about it that um, I was, you know, going and trying to make more sales. And I said, listen, I mean, if all to be kids, trust me. You probably can trust me as well. You know, you're much smaller. So this is how I got my, you know, some of my clients. And then the B&I happened. Okay, so that was six years ago. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So 2014 is when you started? 2015. 2015? 2015. Okay. Um, so, and then um, one of my good buddies, uh, he's also passed so come to Come to B&I. Yeah, so no, we. I was doing again some party, you know, barbecue party. It's Boris has been trying to recruit it's, me to B&I. I don't know if he thought it. <laughs> Listen, it's all happening in the barbecue parties usually when you drink okay, got this it. stuff. Um, so I was sitting, I said like, listen, I opened my company, and then the guy told me, hey, you probably wanna do B&I. And so like, what is that? He said like, B&I is like, it's a business network international group, it's like exists everywhere in the world, it's like the biggest networking group you can imagine. And it's, um, it's like an exclusive, um, you know, um, what is it called, exclusive, um, like a membership, okay? And the good thing about it that, you know, everybody represent one specific seat. Like nobody can step on your toes. Like if you do IT and like nobody else can compete with you. So which is great, you know? And if you have a lot of people in that group, and again, I don't want to advertise BNI too much, but it's really helped me. Um, so like really nobody can compete with you. Like you the only guy, all this room full of referrals will go to you, just to you like nobody else, and which is great. And so when we doing, we're doing this BNI thing, the guy told me, hey, you probably wanna go to the BNI. It's gonna help you a lot to grow your business. And I said like, nah, 
I'm too serious for this stuff. I mean, I cannot sit in this, you know, circle table and just, you know, clap. <laughs> I'm too serious for this stuff. Which B&I are you in? I'm in 212. 212. Yeah. Shout out to 212. Shout out. That's from Boris. Yeah, that's for me. Um, <laughs> that's not from me. Like, So, I mean, because, so can I be real with you? Sure, yeah, go ahead. This not to, I'm not here to, like, I'm not going to dog B&I or anything. Like, I, so we were in a B&I group. I don't even remember which one. Do you know? I don't, I don't even remember. But, but we had a marketing person in there for New Scooters for Less. Mm-hmm. And um, I think where I struggle <laughs> I think we're you I struggle. struggle. <laughs> I, I struggle personally. I had somebody else going because I'm like, dude, I'm not gonna go. Uh, I so I had a marketing manager going at that time, um, and I think where I struggle with it, is I just don't like people telling me what to do, and so I didn't like the like uh, <laughs> the. So the one thing that I remember is that we were already on strike too from like because we didn't get a, like a sub or something. And then like Shayna got super, super sick. Like she was legit sick at like three o'clock in the morning. She's texting me at like three o'clock in the morning saying, hey, can you go to BNI? Because if we don't, we're gonna get kicked out. Mm-hmm. This was like Wednesday mornings at like what time? It's like super early. Yeah, right? yeah, it was like super early. And you so, guys probably been in the results on fire? I don't remember, yeah, but games, I'll tell you this. We got kicked out because I couldn't go that morning and she was super sick. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I don't like people telling me what to do it. <laughs> so, so, but now, you know, now, now, now you're trying to recruit me for the, you know, for let, this let, stuff. let me like, tell how it works. And I think like the, the reason why BNI is so successful because it's very stricted. Okay. There's a, was a tons of different uh, chapters in Gainesville, like for a different, like, uh, you, do know, you know, how many chapters there are? In Gainesville, is only four, okay. but it, there's also competitive chapters that not BNI, they try to do exactly the same thing with less restrictions and they all fall apart. Okay, real quick, because there's going to be a small segment of our audience that doesn't know what BNI is. Give it, give the 30 second pitch as to what okay. BNI is. So BNI is a business network international group. BNI is all about referrals. It's all word to mouth. Okay, you when you come to BNI, you only represent you, your seat. You're not allowed to talk about anything else, okay? Because you're gonna be stepping on other toes of other people, and it's not allowed. If you do that, they're gonna kick you out. But you have a full time to represent your specific seat and nobody else can compete with you. And then if you have a room full of referrals, which is one of the advanced training, how to utilize all that, all these 40, 50, or in some chapters there's also 80 people, they all gonna work for you, just for you. This is the beauty about BNI. So why BNI is so successful? As I said, it's because of the, it's very stricted, okay? Um, you have to be there to win, okay? You have to be there to get a business. And at the very, very first training, they're teaching you about the VCP. VCP means visibility, C stands for credibility, and P stands for profitability. So you have to be visible in order to get credibility, and you get credibility, once you get the credibility, you'll get the profit. This is very smart stuff, and I think it works 100%. I mean, we see a lot of people who kind of miss a lot, and I understand where it's come from. (laughs) Because if if you're not there, like nobody will be able to kind of trust you and give you this, um, you know, business. People wanna see your face. This is all about. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, this was years ago, like years ago. And maybe maybe 2013 Yeah, and I'm like super rebellious by nature. 
<laughs> so following rules is just like one of these things where I'm like, what rules? Yeah. No, no, you don't understand. Like I became, an, I make the rules. I, be, I, I make the rules. I became a business owner so I can do what I want when I want. <laughs> so you know, I think that's where a lot of it stemmed from. But no, I think I've heard, especially, I will say this: I, I've heard people swear by it, especially on a business to business standpoint that was the other thing too is that i didn't really see a lot of benefit for new scooters for less right because we were very b to c and our customers were very you know they were all students yep. and so like but from a b to b standpoint like i've had people be like oh my gosh this is the greatest thing that i've ever done for my business you know think about this way okay so you have for example um Let's say you want to advertise your scooters. So, right, you go to the customer. But from the other side, you have 50 people, for example, in our chapter, they're going to be working for you. These 50 people know another 50 people at least, at least, right, at least. And then another 50 people know another 50 people. So this is how you build your network. And somebody will need a scooter. Like, people right, have right. students, like my kids uh, going to college pretty soon. You know? We know where they're buying a scooter the, from. Yeah. Uh, Yes, <laughs> we will get there at some point. <laughs> but uh, that's what I'm saying. You know, you have a lot of people who definitely know someone who needs something from you. Okay, you just have to sell it properly. You see, and I think, and the good thing about ABNI is the same exact rules all around the world. It exists everywhere, right. every no, city, I, any any country in the world. Definitely makes sense. And they sure. generate just in the United States billions of dollars. So when did you join BNI? So. I joined 2015, um, and I came, and I, I, I did not expect anything. So I came to the chapter, and I saw exactly, you know, this, sitting, people sitting in the, you know, around the table and clapping. But it, it was, it's, it's a very organized meeting. It's always the same concept. You know, you have, uh, you know, the vice president, you know, show you, like, what exactly your numbers are. Um, and then everybody has an opportunity to stand up and do the 30 seconds, you know, uh, commercial, and then you have full time, you know, full 30 seconds to advertise yourself, and then we track your numbers. So if you do business with me and you, you know, I sell you something, you, you know, whatever, I just say thank you for close business. And another thing, you have an option to get a great testimonial. So when I came, I did not expect from anything. And I probably was sitting like three months getting zero dollars. And I said, okay, it's probably not for me. And then I remember like back in the years ago, the vice president at this time, she said, Boris, can you fix my laptop real quick? And it was after the meeting. I said, sure, yeah, easy peasy, <laughs> you know? So I took the laptop, I fixed it real quick. I gave her, you know, fair price. She was so happy. She said, oh wow, so quick, you know, so good. And you know, on the following meeting. Well, was this a better price than what you gave? Cafe well, <laughs> a little better. <laughs> it was a professional fees this time. <laughs> okay, okay, just, just curious. And um, and she, you know, beside the thank you for close business that I thank for her, she stood up and she said, like, oh, she gave me like a great testimonial. She said how responsive I was, how I mean, how quick was it? You know, how professional everything was flying, everything was good. And then guess what? After the meeting, more people came to me. And you know, the, um, um, I mean, you probably know a lot of people from my chapter, but a lot of this said, 
you know, let's, let's I don't try know it out. anybody in this So, you know, town. George from the best restoration. <laughs> love George. Love George. He was one of my very, very first clients. Okay. He came to me and he said, yeah, come over. So we did this one-on-one, you know, because you have to meet with the people. And I explained to him what I'm trying to do. And, you know, he said, yeah, sure, why not? And, you know, he was one of my very, very first clients. And then, you know, he gave me testimonial. And then another guy gave me testimonial. And more and more people started to use my services. And, you know, it's like a, you know, you're spinning the wheel, and as soon as it's spinning, you know, it's just spinning, you know, so people just get the momentum, you, baby. The momentum. momentum, exactly. And I develop my very best relationship in this uh, chapter, and we do business with some people already like for five years nonstop. I'm managing companies for, for other people. Uh, we do, you know, break fix stuff, but, you know, it's just been a great experience and at some point I remember a couple of years ago like over 70% of my income just came from the BNI. Dang. Yeah. I was like, holy, why I need anything else? Like why I even need to go and out there and spend money on commercial, you know? So, you know, it was great and uh, we still keep this relationship, but you have to keep going. If you leave the chapter, people are gonna probably forget about you at some point. All right, so, so how about this? Be there. How about this? How does somebody in our listening audience mm-hmm. determine whether or not BNI is right for them? Um, they need to ask themselves if they want to grow their business. Because a lot of people- Everybody wants to grow their business. No, not though. everybody, no, uh, you're gonna be I, surprised. You know, because we have a lot of people who come to the chapter, they get to the certain point where they feel comfortable again. Ah, okay. So, so they we, say people, okay, say, oh, you know what, I have $70,000 a year, I'm good, I'm I don't good. need it anymore. Got and they don't want to hire anyone, they don't want to grow their business, they don't want to do anything. Who are these people? Oh, there's a tons <laughs> of people like this. Uh, no, yeah, you're, you're no, right. you're right. No, I totally and agree. We have it, it's, so it's one of the most mind-blowing things to me because I, I have experienced, now that you say that I have experienced and come across these people mm-hmm. and it boggles my mind. I'm like, yep. you know, but, but it's, you know, that's why everybody has to define what success looks like for them, yeah, right? Because like me, I'm like I'm always like grow, grow, grow. Like, what can we do? Like, how can we make it more profitable? How can we get more business? But we also know that growth isn't always profitability. No, no, like, of there's course. Obviously, there's, no. We've talked about that yeah. multiple times, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's definitely and been so that thing might be somebody here. that's happy to make seventy thousand because they've they've grown and scaled back down to a point that makes them comfortable. Yeah, know? no, it's definitely and it's cool. Honestly, it's as I get older. I think I start to realize like, oh, this makes more sense because you don't value growth or profitability as much as you do your time with Mm -hmm. your family or doing, you know, whatever. So the idea of a sweet spot, like, yeah, exactly. Sweet spot. The the problem with that, that I see, um, that if you get into this comfortable zone, which is, you know, this is what it is, okay? It's a comfort zone. COVID will slap you in the face. Exactly, (laughs) you know, and this is exactly what could happen because, you know, you build your business, you focus on one thing, and you got enough clients to feel, you know, and live comfortable, right? And like situation like this, can take a lot of clients from you. What are are gonna happen next? To rebuild your business is gonna take a lot more effort and money. So I think if you're gonna stop push forward, you're just gonna stay behind because uh, this comfort zone 
can end like exactly what happened this year. Like COVID took a lot of businesses. And the good thing that what we did like uh, several years ago, I added more and more business like um, uh, structure into my business. I was only focusing on IT back in the years ago. Like this is my main thing. This is what I do over 20 years. And I said, okay, why not to focus on the phones? I do have experience with the phones. Like why not? And I added the phones about three and a half years ago because I know voice over IP. And you know what? Today, the phones is booming. I mean, everybody, like, because of the phone system is so advanced, people can work from home with other competitors. Not everybody can do that, right? They can, you know, if you stuck with the analog system, you can't really take the phone back, back, back home. With the new technology, just unplug the phone, go home, plug it into your router, and it's going to work. Or use, like, a mobile app or, or web browser, and you get, like, tons of different features, all this stuff. And you know what? We built this business over the couple of last years, and it's, 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 it's really exciting, and we we're growing significantly because like now the voice over IP represent almost the same portion as IT back in the years ago. So even that couple of, you know, a lot of companies because of the COVID, they kind of downsize, you know, especially, you know, companies that were related to like students, I don't know, college, whatever. And this thing can target different audience, right? So why not? Why not target our audience? It's still income, right? And it's still technology. So for my opinion, you know, we, we just did the right thing several years ago. I also added the cybersecurity side, which is like really, really hot these days. Like every, you know, 20 seconds, somebody hacked in the world. So people need, so it's very hard to kind of create an awareness because a lot of people kind of don't want to think about it. And actually a lot of people get hacked and they don't want to admit that. And if you're not prepared ahead of time, like you can be next one. And you know, to get out of this, you know, security incidents is going to be super, super expensive. Especially if your data, you know, got encrypted. I mean, if you didn't have a good backup or good system in place who could prevent this stuff, you're going to be paying like hundreds of thousands of dollars if you really want your data back. Some people just yeah, start dude, from that's scratch. Crazy. I mean, we've heard John Dar talk about that too. Talking about like insurance for that. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's crazy that we're getting into that. that yeah. Time so um, when I do a lot of time with my clients, when you know with existing clients, we kind of like we review everything we do for them because a lot of our services as a managed IT services, we integrate the cybersecurity in there. We kind of keep on a like really really good level of security anyway, but there is always additional tools that you can utilize to kind of, you know, prevent the, the, the ransom attack. For example, you know, we have like artificial intelligence tools that can recognize um, the threat based on behavior and not based on like patches. Like for example, antivirus means the viruses already exist. The antivirus company comes and, you know, create a patch for existing virus, right? You know, disease, vaccine. Like vaccine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, uh. So the artificial intelligence tools, they can actually recognize the threat based on behavior of the threat. So it's looking like what this virus does in a backend. It's like immune system, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's looking for the modifications in your DNA. So same thing on the computers. It's just looking what is trying to open in the back door of your computer or on your server. And if you're looking for that something specific, uh, suspicious happen, it's just block the door, it's block the access. Plus, you know, these artificial intelligence tools, they also come with cybersecurity insurance, which is kind of give you a lot of a lot of confidence. And then, you know, even if your computer will get hacked or even ransom, you know, whatever, first of all, this, 
you know, the tools that we have, they also can roll back and you're basically not gonna be paying anything. We can just roll back your data, but it also comes with the cybersecurity insurance that if, let's say, for example, we're not gonna be able to recover your data, they're gonna be paying thousands of thousands of dollars per each computer to recover it, and they're gonna be paying like up to like millions of dollars in the, data, in the company data recovery. So it all comes with, you know, monthly little fee, but you can sleep like really well at night. <laughs> so my, my world is like really exciting, especially when I read oh, news. Oh, it sounds like it. I'm like thrilled hearing you talk about all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, the, pro- the biggest challenge is people don't want to think about it, okay? This is what, and by the way, we, we offer That's free- That's because nobody gets in business to worry about that kind of crap, am I right? Like, this is like one of the things, this is exactly one of the things that I talk about. I'm like, well, I didn't get in business to worry about cyber security hacks and crap. I got into business because I wanted to build a company that was going to change the world. <laughs> this is why you need to outsource this stuff because other people need to think for you. You know, right. How many times do you roll your eyes every time Mike and I call? <laughs> you guys it's actually really just when we good don't customers. answer his calls, I think. What? I said it's really just when we don't answer his calls, I think. I, I like uh, techie people. Yeah. <laughs> they help me a lot. Uh, what do you got, Mike? Oh, I mean, Ask I have this a guy lot. a couple so, questions. So when... Uh, when something, the one that comes to mind, not to pick on them, is like the Equifax breach, right? Like when something like that happens, is that just like instant advertising for you? Because you can be like, hey, don't be like these people. It it's actually works really well. Because if they get hacked, you know, you probably get hacked a lot easier. The thing is like a lot of um, companies, you know, say, oh, it's not gonna happen to me. I'm too small, you know? What people don't understand, and this is like what I really wanna kind of tell that to anyone, that, it, they're not trying to target your business. Nobody cares about your small business. They probably like, if they really want to get a lot of a lot of money, they probably should go to this, you know, big insurance companies and stuff like that. What happened is it's completely automated system. It's like a robot. Okay, so somebody create a code and they just push it into the internet. Okay, they push it in. There's uh, some files that are gonna be sent from one email to another. There's a uh, you know you can go to the dark web. You know the dark web, and <laughs> they can find millions of millions of you know email addresses. And by the way, I get this stuff like all day long, okay? And they tell you, and it's like a phishing, okay? You go phishing, they go phishing, and they throwing you um, like a little, um, for example, um, like email, and it comes from kind of legit email, and it says, oh, you have to change your password or whatever, or we identify that your computer is not secure, click here, you know, all kind of like this stuff, like phishing emails, and through the phishing emails, a lot of people fall into these problems, okay? Or for example, you can receive, um, this is just an example that I always show to my customers. I have a little video, and I also show this video in my uh, free webinars for the cybersecurity. And what what people usually get is like, um, it's gonna be a letter from UPS, email from UPS or FedEx, and it's gonna tell you, here's your receipt, okay? You open up, it's a Word document. So here's the problem with the Office documents. They have a little macro integrated into it because it's a very advanced product. You know, you can program Office documents. So they send you a Word document and it says, oh, this is uh, a newer version of Office than you have. Click here to enable macro. And guess what? People, you know, want to achieve their task. They, they don't have time to deal with that. They just click the button. 
especially you know people who don't really dive into it so they just click the button in most of the cases you're not going to see anything or maybe you can receive like a little error but the problem already there they open the back door and if a lot of viruses they're not going to encrypt your computer right away they're smart so they're going to start you know they get access to your system they see what it's all about can they get more money or less money from you? They can see what is how much your data uh, cost. And then, you know, one day you come work and it's like this big screen says, oh, you got unlucky. <laughs> um, your, your system got encrypted. Here's the uh, Bitcoin, send $100,000. We're gonna get your data back. So this is what usually happens, and it happens a lot. I mean, it's it, these cybersecurity attacks happen like every, based on today's statistics, between 20 to 30 seconds. Do you know anybody who's ever paid one of those amounts mm -hmm. and actually got their data yeah. back? Yeah, I, I cannot um, uh, mention names. Yeah, what's their name? <laughs> but, um, we, we, but you, we had but a they've of, literally like paid the $100,000 of Bitcoin and got their information back? So... You always want to avoid to do that. Otherwise, you're really stuck, okay? So we ha had some clients who never had a managed IT services, and you know somebody set it up like their backup years ago, like, but nobody checked that. You know They set it up and they forgot, right? right? So in IT world, it doesn't work like this. You, you can set up and forget. I mean, it always breaks at some point. Um, so these guys uh, have uh, multiple locations, and they got encrypted. So they call us after the fact. We never worked together. And um, we tried to check it out, like what's going on. And we found that the backup never worked. And it was broken. Uh, one of the backup devices was not even on. The second one was broken. So the data was never backed up. So they got lucky because we, we work with uh, another third party company who was able to recover all this. But listen, it's not just about the recovery fee, which is you know tens of thousands of dollars. Think about a company who has 20 employees sitting and doing nothing. You have to pay them salary, right? So the whole process costs over $50,000. Plus, in addition to that, you have to reinstall everything. You have to, you know, uh, bring everything back together, you know, connect all the databases. This is tons of work, okay? And if you not take this precaution ahead of time, you screw it. <laughs> yeah, literally like this. The end. And, <laughs> yep. And we had another company who also got encrypted, didn't want to pay uh, ransom, and there was no way to recover that. They just started from scratch. Damn. And you know, it happened, said, and it's happening more and more. Yeah, and they more. said we, we have enough stuff. We're just gonna sit down and put the data for the past ten years manually. <laughs> they did that. Dang. To save money. So a lot of time you can negotiate with the hackers. Uh, but it's not going to be like a lot. You want 100,000 Bitcoin, but how about 50,000 so Bitcoin? <laughs> so there was a one case that, you know, they wanted, they knew it's like not a whole lot. So they wanted like $10,000. And uh, we negotiated with them for $1,000. They said like, okay, we'll just pay you do the You do the negotiation. Yeah, yeah I do You the did it? Yeah. Because the problem this is- This is fascinating. Yeah. And then you negotiate. The problem is- that you don't even know what's gonna happen. So let's say you agree for $1,000, right? How do you know if they're gonna send you the decryption key or not? You don't know that, like these people- Right, right, well, why, why can't they just keep your 1,000 bucks and just be like, all right, thanks? Well, so here's the pros and cons you have to consider. Okay, so we're gonna rather pay this ransom and save money later on and get maybe get the decryption key and save the data, or you can pay this $1,000 and the hackers can disappear because like there's no loyalty there, you know that, right? Yeah. So you need to get ready ahead of time. 
and get cybersecurity insurance always. Always. This is wow. crazy stuff. <laughs> I'm just imagining like uh, like doing this podcast on like a Zoom room or something where I can see everyone's faces when he says things like. Uh, Let me tell you another don't, quick don't, story. Don't click the macro, or because um, everyone's just like, oh, fuck, Dunda, excuse me. But like, or like, uh, <laughs> or, uh, here's the Halloween story. Of, you can't you can't set and forget your backups, and be like, oh. like I'm just imagining everybody listening to this. Yeah, here's uh, everybody's cringing. Right one now. last yeah. story for the Halloween. Okay. Halloween we gotta wrap it up in a minute. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's been the fastest so, hour. I think. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's, it's been good. an hour. I love it. Yeah, dude, it's been an hour. Oh, it's wow. great. Right, real quick. So there was a company in New York, and uh, it's a attorney company, very very large one. They have in staff three IT people or four IT people, the whole IT staff. So this the IT people were doing backups, blah blah blah. So at some point they got encrypted. They said, "Oh, we're not gonna pay any ransom. We have backups, right? We can revert." So they start to try to revert the data and they failed. So apparently what happened under investigation, they got hacked like four months prior to that. No. And the hackers get into their servers, they modify the backup, they uncheck the data drive. And so the IT department was continuing to get these emails like it was successful, but the backup was never done. Oh, and they no. end up paying hundreds of thousands of dollars. No. Damn. And they had no idea. No idea. No. This is crazy. Crazy stuff. That is <laughs> that's insane, dude. Uh, all right, so so what do we do? I'll call you. <laughs> Get cybersecurity insurance. <laughs> okay, so do you, all right, so do you have to have some sort of insurance? Uh, like, like what Like what if, you know, we get some sort of super hack or something and like, oh, whoa, 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 Boris, I pay you to take care of this crap, man. Like, what's up? Like, this do you, is what do we you do have mean? to insure yourself in case your clients no. get hammered? No, I, I got my cybersecurity insurance and all my insurances, if I screw your da data, for example, so they're gonna pay on my mistakes. But if it's your data and you got hacked, you're gonna have to claim your insurance. I mean, we're still gonna work for you and fix it, but somebody need to pay for it. Because this is like nobody's responsibility, right? This is why you need the insurance. So every business who deal with the data need to have a cybersecurity insurance. You want another beer? <laughs> so when you're, when you're making that 2021 budget, make sure you add that in there. Listen, it's not that expensive as you think. What, the insurance or the? Cybersecurity insurance. It's based on like, you know, just go to your insurance uh, agent and, you know, quote it. It's not that much as you think. Dude, this, this has been awesome, man. This has been super interesting. I've really, really enjoyed it. So, I mean, are you living the American dream? I mean, you're six years in. Now you speak English. <laughs> I mean, you came here ten years ago. Like what? Like what? It, what does the future look like for you when you're looking at 2021 and beyond? Like, are you just amped? Like, what's going through your mind right now? <laughs> Listen, th th this is it. I mean, this is the uh, American dream. I think. I mean, I don't know if I can say this is my success story. You know, I, I think like I, I started from nothing. I got into the place where I am right now. I'm super happy. You know, we we always growing. Um, and I love it, you know, I love it. We have awesome, you know, Google reviews and everything. And this is what driving me actually every day. I see people happy. I mean, they get what they need. I, I can bring them, you know, the great technology. You know, I can I, I can see that they're gonna be in a better place, you know, from the IT standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I never stop think about the future. I mean, I always plan my future. I always trying to grow. I'm not one of these people who 
Do you in a comfort zone, yeah. I would say. Okay. I mean, I always wanna be bigger and better. Do you reflect yeah. on the past and be like, man, what if I hadn't gotten that green card? What it, like where you know like those those pivotal moment those pivotal <laughs> pivotal moments in life those things that happen. I Listen, mean, I can tell you this. I was like really rough boy when I was in the first grade, and my teacher when I was in the first grade she came to my mom and said, "Oh, your son gonna end up in jail." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I was like really bad. I was uh, like I was misbehaving all the time, and you know you can ask the same. Is she like question. emailing your like first grade teacher? You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, what's gonna happen if I would never leave Russia? Right. You never know, like, you know, the, the, the life take you to the places you, you don't know. Like, may, maybe in a 10 years I gotta be doing like completely different stuff, I don't know. Like, I, I love what I do today, I'm really gonna stick to this like for, you know, for like everything I see like in the future. I don't think to switch any position. Right. So, you know, I don't know. You, you never know what's gonna happen. It's cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> this has been, yeah, this has been, been great. I know we got to wrap up soon. I wanted to hit two quick points real quick. One is just kind of a testimony about outsourcing because we, we handled a lot of our own IT stuff for a long time and the amount of time, well, really, I said we, that was just to be nice to you. The amount of time <laughs> I spent uh, handling that stuff, which is not any level of my expertise. Well, there's been some very late night calls on the phone with Cox Communications and other Oh, I'm gonna get providers. to that one, yeah. I'm gonna yeah, get to that one like, too. I've, been, but, I've been there, believe me. But I can't, I can't stress that enough, if, especially if, if IT is not your favorite thing to do. Outsource it, outsource it, outsource it. Let Boris be the guy. He's been great for us, and the amount of time we've been able to save by not having to deal with those headaches has been incredible. Um, and then I wanted to turn that back to you and let you, I, I want you to pitch uh, VoIP for a second because speaking about um, other s service providers, like having analog systems and stuff like that uh, had been expensive and it was bills that we paid thinking that that was the only option for a long time and not knowing that there was something cheaper until until we got hooked up on VoIP. And I just, I don't know how many listeners out there, what phone systems they may or may not be on, but that, that represented a huge amount of savings for us. Yeah, and it's also, you, you get a lot advanced technology. You can make more money, you know, with less kind of effort with, you know, advanced phone systems. So a lot of people talking me, like they're telling me, you know, we have a lot of robocalls. Like, how we deal with that? Like, what you can do with the analog system? Not too much. You know, with the good VoIP system, you can go to, you know, this auto attendant, you can force to people to force buttons, you know, and also, you know, route the calls a lot more efficiently, right? If you need a service department, there's no reason to go to the receptionist, right? You just can achieve a lot more. You know, and this this is what the VoIP does. It can integrate into your CRM system. It can bring a lot of convenience and technology into your business so you can save money and also make money, you know? And you can text the landline, right? You can uh, text the landline, new, because, yeah. I mean, that's I think, awesome. I think we've had a lot of the, uh, people, I don't know whether it's an assumption that they make or anything like everybody that. Everybody makes like, the assumption. Yeah. Everybody just feels like we, we text everything We live in a now. world that you just text everything, and so if you have an old school landline, you don't know how much business you might be missing by people trying to reach you that way. Yeah. And with VoIP systems, you can you can text the landline, which is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Plus, in addition, you know, the, the biggest challenge, I think, for the growing company, there's a very, very big problem with the analog system. You know, if you want to scale, you have to upgrade your local switches. It costs you like tons of money. The VoIP, it's, you know, it's transparent. You just get another phone, another phone, another phone. I just had like a memory. Remember when we moved in here and like on this wall out here, there was like all oh, yeah. of that phone line. There was probably uh, yeah. yards, we, we I mean, probably got hundreds a of yards, yeah, of just 
phone line everywhere that was running, like tripping through this building. It's crazy. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was rat's nest. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. There's probably actually rats there too, but we won't Dude, this has part. been awesome, man. Thank you so much, I'm guys. so glad you came. Yeah, This is thank great. You. Thanks for joining. So tell our audience where they can connect with you, where they can find you, like how they can hire you. Um, sure. So again, at my IT Masters, we specialize in uh, managed IT services, the voice over IP services, and the cybersecurity. We do um, mostly business to business. We would love to go and work with any business. We don't really care about the industry because I, you know, IT is IT, computers are computers. Um, so we can save a lot of money for the companies. We can down. Uh, we can kind of minimize the downtime because we're using like really, really proactive monitoring system that we can prevent issues ahead of time, which is great. And if you guys want to hire us, we, we hear the phone number is 352 0960 Website is com. Facebook, call oh. in. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Awesome, man. Dude, thanks again so much for coming on. This has been awesome. Everybody, hey, listen, we want to take care of all the people that make this show happen, and that's our incredible sponsors. If you're looking for information to our sponsors, definitely go to whoagnv.com forward slash sponsors, and you can get connected to their links, to their websites, and that kind of thing. Um, And of course, much love, much, much, much love to the team that makes this happen. We got Sarah Lentz over here on social media. James Leitner making the editing happen with all these awesome cameras, bro. Thank you so much. And Allison Mutrina, she does so much behind the scenes. And of course, my co-host, Michael Dees. <laughs> Thanks so much, man, for helping me make Gainesville a much better place. So much fun, in it? It's, it's a blast. It's, it's stories like these that just like really make it all worth it so i'm super excited to see where things go from here man so thank you so much thank you so much guys this is the whoa gnv podcast the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go whoa whoa give us a whoa whoa there it is (laughs) (laughs) we'll see you later bye